let us pray. In the gradual we sang, calling on Jesus to feed us. What is your expectation this morning? Or what are your expectations this morning? A God also has come with an expectation to meet a life. Can you speak to the Father? Tell him. It is unto him we have come. He is our hope, he is our help. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. We are complete in him. Can you speak to the bread of life? That he will feed you this morning and that you will test no more. Lord, the journey ahead of us this year is a long one. But Lord, we want to run and not faint. We want to walk through this year as you have begun to feed us. Feed us that we will not thirst any longer. Bread of life, come to us this morning. We plead of you, Father. Open your word to us and bless us. Come to us. Many things we wear on earth this morning in our diverse need. Attend to us in our diversity. Because we wear many things while you are on earth. Visit each and every one of us by your word. In the diversity of our needs and peculiarities. And in the diversity of your nature. To the peculiarity of our needs. Come this morning, Lord. That's our cry, Father. Lead with you, Lord. May we not leave this place the same. Lord, be gracious. Look upon us and be merciful. And open your word to us. Let it not just be yet another service. Let it be an encounter with you. Lord, set us in motion. Thou man of war, set us in motion. Cause us to begin again to run. And if we are running, increase our pace. That we may lay hold on that for which you have laid hold on us. Lord, that's our prayer this morning. Be merciful, Lord, and grant our desires. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you turn to your neighbor and say good morning this morning? I want to appreciate the Lord for this opportunity. I do not take it for granted. I believe the Lord this morning that he will achieve his purpose. He will achieve his expectation for this morning's service. The reason God allowed us to be alive and the reason God permitted this service to hold. That's just been my prayer as I was meditating on this. May heaven achieve it. Let heaven achieve that. That is the intent for allowing this service. So that we will not primarily achieve our own aim. Maybe you wanted to see somebody and you agreed you will meet after service today. So after you have met, the service has been done. Maybe you were here, you just, your aim was to make sure very, every vehicle here is properly packed. That's a good one. But there's something God has in mind for this service. Much more than what you have planned. It's my prayer this morning that heaven will achieve the purpose for allowing us gather together this morning in the name of Jesus. I want to appreciate our fathers in the Lord for this opportunity. When I saw it, I really 
Well, I would say I shivered a little because to come in January to share here is a big task. The reason is because I believe God is serious. I, I believe our God is a very serious God. And so if God gives us a theme and he begins January, February to deal with that theme, God is up to something. And that thing God is up to, which is why I have been praying, is our prayer that God will achieve it. Now, he has it collectively for us as a church. But you know, you will have been worshipping in another Anglican church that is not far from here. But our God allowed you to be part of it. He has something specific for you also. So God will want to achieve it, and I pray that he will. So I want to appreciate God for this opportunity. I trust him to do that. But also, in the light of that, I think before we go into our topic for today, is the fact that in building on what God has called us to consider this year, is what the Bible study unit has prayerfully considered. Not because we have not done it before, but because we align ourselves with what God is up to doing this year, is to take time to consider what God has also told us as the source of this faith. And so, as a Bible study unit this year, we have agreed, and it was announced last Sunday, and we have begun the training. Today we are on day 7 of the training on the need to read the Bible every day. Now, yesterday the Bible study unit had a retreat, and we discussed it that this is not in any way a substitute to your quiet time. It's not. If you follow the training, one fundamental thing we have found out is that we have so much idle time within these 24 hours that look so short that we are very busy within. If you ask yourself, you will discover that there are idle times, times when you think you are waiting for somebody. Yes, you are waiting, but you are using the time, but in the real sense, doing nothing other than waiting. So much more than waiting, you could do something. So what we are trusting the Lord for as a Bible study unit is to engage the Word of God for now in reading. And in this reading, the act of reading, it's not necessarily, you know, some of us, yes, we share the gospel as we travel, we move from Abapa, you know, sometimes even this traffic, and we are going to all park, you shared it and finished sharing the gospel, and you are inside the car, you are looking at the road you have been looking at since you were born, and you have been passing it, you see it, and you are looking at how they are constructing road, and they are not constructing the road, you saw it yesterday, day before yesterday, you saw it, tomorrow you will still see it, and you are engaged with it. And the boss is moving. Can you just take that time? Instead of repeating what you are used to doing, engage the word of God and read it. Sometimes again, yesterday in the Bible study retreat, we said it. The world has found a way through the social media to engage us. And you know how they engage us? You will see a family will come. They will throw this one and catch it. The other person will throw and catch. Let's see who knows how to catch best. And you know that's what is happening. You watch it for 40 seconds. Then the system will suggest another one for you. 
And then by the time you check the time, you have watched families jumping and ju- jumping and sitting down, throwing something and not catching it, catching it or not catching it well. And by the time 30 minutes is gone, you can't even remember the first one you watched. And you just wasted that time. Can you use that time to engage the word of God? It will be in your office. There is that time, nothing is happening. And you have another tax, but it's not yet time. You have another meeting to catch, it's not yet time. You are ready for the meeting. Can you engage the word of God? The word of God is there. So we have agreed that as we prepare to run through the year, we will engage again in reading the Bible. And we agreed that even though during the training we were considering nine chapters, but yesterday because we agreed that it's not an alternative, it's not a substitute to your quiet time, your quiet time will run. In fact, in your normal living, you will, if you sincerely sit down and examine it, you have some 30-40 minutes that if you assess it really, you didn't do anything. You are just wasting it. Engage the word of God. And so we agreed that we would rather read five chapters. It will be five chapters per day. So it will take us about 52 days. So the whole of February and most of March we will be reading five chapters of the New Testament trusting God that before the end of March we will have exhausted the New Testament. You have done it before but you know you can do it again. Now if you have done it before the Bible passages we will be reading today you will also read with us. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Some of the passages we are going to read now. We read it even in the course of this service, but we'll read it again. So that you have done it before, it's not an excuse not to do it again. In fact, in God's nature of creation, most of what he created, he says, do it again. Hamatan will come in his season. God is just saying to the Hamatan, what? Do it again. The sun will rise and set. The following day, God will say, what? Do it again. Brethren, turn to your neighbor and say, if you have done it before, do it again. So if you have not done it before, you can start it now. Amen. Amen. So that you will not have an excuse that I have read the Bible before. I have read the New Testament before. We have testimonies from those who have read it before. So this morning I charge your heart. From 1st of February through, we'll be reading 5-5 chapters. In fact, if you agree to run with this race, you may not need me to guide you. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take, you know, some people say they study law because they didn't like mass. You don't need to like mass to know how to count five chapters in a day. Is it not true? Is it not true? To count five. So you can read five chapters without anybody guiding you. Without anybody telling you today this is what we are reading. You can start reading five, five chapters a day. And the Lord will help us as we so do in the name of Jesus. Our topic today is for me, for to me, to live is Christ. That's our topic. You know you are tempted. Frankly I was also tempted to look at then to die is game. But that's not our topic. Our topic this morning is for to me to live, is, to live is Christ. So this morning we are going to be looking at that topic as we believe the Lord to bring to us further light in the light that is being shone on what God has told us to consider this year. And frankly, I looked at this topic from the very first day I saw it for consideration today, and several thoughts ran through my mind, but most persistent in my heart is the fact that 
this is what somebody is saying. And before he said it, it was not said. Are we together? So that was what came to my mind. This is a person's declaration. And before he said it, nobody else has said it. You know why? Why he struck my heart is that within this year, this just January, my son was telling me that the, the, year, the month is running, but we just began. The month is almost ending, actually. But within this month, God has brought this again to us. When our vicar started to expound the theme, he mentioned it. When our daddy, Reverend Ali, raised it, he talked about Our daddy last week also talked about the various places our theme was mentioned in the Bible. And you know, yesterday during our retreat, it was also mentioned again that this our theme was mentioned several times in the Bible. So what I noted there was that unlike our theme, this one is not like that. So you know, because of that thought, I felt that to build a foundation for this uh, discussion or uh, meditation this morning is to consider this our theme. Now the reason is this. If you look at our text, which was part of the reading that was made this morning, the reading of the epistle, you will notice something that the person who said it didn't say it with an intention of selling a slogan. He didn't say it with that intention. In fact, he didn't say it with an intention of being quoted, even though he's being quoted. And I'm even part of the people quoting him today. I don't think that was originally his intent. Because if you read that place, in our epistle reading, you will see his intent is that the people who heard what his personal resolution is, or was, still is, anyway, for us, is that something may happen to them. We'll be looking at that. But before we get to that, let's quickly lay a foundation. And so in laying that foundation, it occurred to me that since it was not that, and you know one thing, let me quickly say it, that in the Bible, about four times, this our theme was mentioned. And three of them were mentioned by this same person. Was quoted by this same person. The same person, you know, I had to look at it. In Hebrews, who wrote the, the book of Hebrews? Well, well, I didn't have not done theology, but well, I did A-level church history and the rest. But I have not done theology. But then, it is assumed and believed that still Paul is the author of Hebrews. So three times out of the four. So what I'm trying to say is that Paul, who is saying, for to me, to live is Christ. He knows this our theme. He knew it. And in fact, in his letters, he quoted it three times. Referring to the first one. So if you remember, when our theme was first considered this year, Adadi spoke about that. So I began to ask myself, why didn't Paul, in making this point known, why didn't he also quote this scripture there? So it is the reason, the why, is why what we will be considering this morning. Why was it that in making the, the points Paul made in our text today, why didn't he, and I feel that even if he had said it, it would have still driven home the points. But I noticed one thing, and that is what I want us to take a journey through, 
in this thing. And I want to say that one of the reasons why Paul did not quote this verse, even though he had quoted it three times, which we have we will look at this morning. One of the reasons why he said what he said that is our topic today is because he knows this. He didn't make it a slogan. So what is it about it? So I began to say, okay, let us again, even though about three or four times in this month, we have considered it. Let's go back to these places. These four places, this our theme was mentioned. And quickly draw a conclusion to understand the mind of Paul in saying, for to me to live is Christ. Now, so before we understand what he meant, let us understand why he said it. That is what we want to do now. Let's quickly look at it. That is our foundation for what we'll be talking about this morning. In Habakkuk chapter 2, from verse 1 through 4, if you follow that story, for want of time and today's Holy Communion service, we will not dwell so much on that, but I'll quickly highlight it, but you can open it and follow us as we, as we discuss this morning. In Habakkuk chapter 1, Sorry, chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. You will notice there which is the first place our theme came. Which every other one is making reference to. It's the fact that, and I noted it, and I feel it is important we take note of it. It's the fact that it was God himself engaging with the prophets. Every other place, it was a reference. Now, I want you to, I want you to follow us as we go this morning. And what is it I want you to see? Unlike what our topic is saying, this is our theme. The origin of it was God talking. It was God engaging the prophet Habakkuk. He said, write this vision time. It is yet for an appointed time. But keep it. Though it tarries, it will speak for it. It will come to pass. Now by the time he got to verse 4, the Bible there speaking said that, these things that will happen, brethren, these things that will happen in 2024, there will be distinction. That was what I noted out. And the truth is, as it has been happening, yesterday we were in a, I think we were doing a retreat, somebody told us when he gave his life to Christ, and so people were laughing at me. For those in the Bible study retreat, you will understand what I'm saying. So, and I told them that, some people gave their life to Christ before I was born. They grew old and died before I was born. So that somebody gave his life to Christ many years before I was born. Now, so what we are looking at this morning is that the things God engaged Prophet Habakkuk on or about and which God is calling us as a church this year to consider is something that God brought to Prophet Habakkuk to establish something. That the things that will be unfolding, one thing will distinguish those who are my people from those who are not my people. There will be a distinction. And the basis of that distinction, that thing that will make my people different, not to operate as others would, is their faith. He said those who are puffed up, God will deal with them. They will be rewarded in that manner. But those who are the just, they will live by their faith. That was where God first said it. So I noticed here that God was the first person that started this our theme. And I want to say that in speaking this theme, God spoke through Paul 
yet further about the theme. So it was God speaking there to the prophet Habakkuk. Now these things that will unfold this year, what will distinguish you? What will prove that you are a Christian? Is your faith. Now, brethren, let me quickly tell you that I was tempted. In fact, let me tell you the truth. That was what I did. I had to pause at that point and say, let us leave what Paul even said. About this, the just shall live by faith. And what does it mean? I wrote it down. What is the meaning of living by faith? If that is what will distinguish you. And as God said it, it's not that Paul said, I. It's not that one prophet said, I perceive that. Uh, it's not that I discovered that. God himself said that. What we call for a distinction between my people and these other persons is that they will live by their faith. So what happened to me at that point was, what is it? What does it mean? You know, I said, ask myself, have we even been defined? Have they told us what it means that the Joshua live by faith? Sorry, you know me, I'm a researcher, so I began to find out, why is it so? But you know, I, I held myself so that we do the thought properly to land and end it at the meaning of living by faith. If God is saying it to you, brethren, in case I don't mention it and I close this service, please, I am not the one that said it. It is God. It was God that said it. Ask him, God, what did you really mean when you said the just shall live by faith? Because you have just made me to realize that what will distinguish me from that colleague of yours that is earning the same salary in the same economy that will make you live in another dimension not necessarily because you will earn more but because you have something he doesn't have when I've said this here before I, I told the things one time that, that is God's intent God wants to distinguish us from the rest of the world God wants his people to be different and I told them a story that in my final year as an undergraduate student, the Lord opened my eyes to see that Christ in you is the hope of glory. That was enough to change my academics. The word of God is so full with what is enough to address and send you on a distinctive path that will differentiate you from every other person, especially people that are even in this world who have not understood this so when i realized that christ in you is the hope of glory i went to class with this understanding that what the lecturer is teaching jesus knows it so if he's not able to deliver it christ is in me oh i should do better so if i write an exam i have a b i wrote it i didn't carry jesus to write the exam that's how i was living so if i'm reading in the times of reading and i'm not understanding it i say ah i might not carry jesus in me the way i will pray during my quiet time to get revelation that's how I would now take my note and say, this Christ in me, let's talk. And you know that was what Habakkuk was doing. And God spoke to him. And in fact, most of what we read in the Bible, that was how they lived. So this word of God that we are reading, and we'll be reading as we go on, is actually a means to get us engaged with God. But because God said, what will distinguish us is our living by faith. You please need to find it out. In case I don't share it, and if I tell you one, you can ask for that. God, what do you mean? This morning, I noted that God said it and with the intent of making us different. And I noticed that even though I wouldn't know how the Bible were arranged, whether that's how time went, but let's follow the arrangement of scripture. In Romans, when Paul now quoted it, I asked myself, when you are writing a research and you quote another person, a source, 
It is because you want something to authorize. You want an authority to be backing you. You want to show that this thing I'm saying, I'm not the first person to say it. It's coming from somewhere. So when Paul first said it in Romans, what was he trying to achieve? Yes, Paul was referring to all those things. Can we look at Romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 17? That makes a man, the man of God, that makes you qualified to be among people that will be distinguished. We are yet laying the foundation on this thing. Why did Paul have to say these things he said? Is somebody in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 17, quickly read for us. Romans 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Brother, listen to that. Thing. Listen to what Paul is saying there. Now, do you know if I stop here, I have laid the foundation I wanted to lay. Now, remember what we are, we are aiming at. What we want to achieve now is, why did, what was behind the mind of Paul for, for him to say, for to me, to live is Christ. If you read, read what we just read now, are you, not, are you not having an insight to the back of his mind? Are you not seeing what he's saying? He said that for the fact that I have become a servant of this Christ and the gospel, I am not ashamed of it. Well, you see, that's why it's also that of place to have started with encouraging us to read the Bible this year. Paul says, not ashamed of it. But then this morning, don't be ashamed to carry this Bible even in your office. Oh, I think Prof has been to my office as HOD. You will find it on my table. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Yes, yes, it starts there. It may look like, eh, it doesn't, make, but it matters. On my table, you will see it. Now, even when I'm not, it is there. So that when I want to open the prof was in my office some time ago. And he was he even asked me, Can I use the Bible there? Now we're not ashamed of it. Paul said, I'm not, and that was as he was saying it. Then he now said that actually this word of God and this journey of faith from start to finish depends on faith. And so when I saw that. I remember our 1st of January message. So I just noticed that God had started laying the foundation. Looking unto Jesus. Who what? He is the author and finisher of our faith. You know one version said, Looking unto Jesus. On whom our faith depends on. From start to finish. I don't know whether you are now beginning to see the, what was in the mind of Paul. For him to have been saying that. So Paul, when he quoted it, he was saying there that, brethren, have you not known that I am not ashamed of this gospel? Something has happened to me. I have come to realize that this word of God is what my faith depends on from start to finish. Remember, as we end this introduction, what we want to establish is, what then does it mean to live by faith? So that we can key it into what Paul is saying today. 
And I noted there that Paul was saying there that for people who will live as those who have been made righteous, you will realize that it was by this faith you were made righteous. So whatever it is you claim that makes you part of those that should be distinguished, it came by what? By faith. So if that is the source, that is how it came, you need it all the way. So I began to ask myself this question further. Then he went on to Galatians to say it. And he went there to say in Galatians, where he said again, the Jews shall live by faith, in 3 verse 11. He said there, that say in Galatians, where he said again, the Jews shall live by faith, in 3 verse 11. He said there that this righteousness that we got is by faith. You are made right, not by works. So if you will please God, if you will live in righteousness, it will engage, it will entail engaging faith. It will be by faith. So Paul now quickly there saying, the source of our righteousness, how we became righteous, is not necessarily because we have made up our mind that in 2024, I will stop A, I will stop B. That is not it. Faith is the fact that we believed God, so it was accounted unto us as righteousness. Therefore, so you are said, the just shall live by faith. So in establishing the righteousness we have come into, and God expects us to walk in, in 2024, it takes what? Faith. And I think with this, we are already getting the meaning of what it means to live by faith. Then we went on to see that this thing is not first by obeying some laws. And I was trying to see the back of the mind of Paul. Why did he come to that point? You know that there was a time I was discussing with some of my friends and I said that there are what they call general prescriptions and there are those that have passed that to you. So there are some things that God is calling you to and maybe personal to you. But is that that is a general prescription for everybody. So I was trying to find out why did God prescribe this or get Paul to this point of saying this. And that journey took me through all of this. And so we saw there that Paul was saying the life of righteousness is by faith. Then in our text where in Hebrews again, he went on to assure us. You know when I looked at that Hebrews in the light of these relationships of where the just shall live by faith came. You know what dawned on me? I just saw last year's thing again. I just saw last year's thing. Which is that persevere, endure. Don't give up. We are not of them that come back. Don't think there is no reward. In assuring us that there is a reward is the fact that we are reminded that you that be righteous and the just, you are not going to be living because last year ended, you didn't touch the reward. You will live by faith in expectation that this reward is coming. The Bible says, speaking of men of faith, they waited for the promise, even though in their lifetime it didn't come, they still believed. They hoped against hope. No, that reward you were expecting last year, you think God is failing. I want to announce to you that when Paul went to Hebrew to say it, he was trying to say that, don't give up. From the very beginning, it started by faith. 
So what you are expecting is may come is the only you will hold on to that faith. So that was why he reminded again, the just shall live by faith. Even you receiving that reward, it takes faith. But then, so what are we saying? So I landed at the moon and I began to discover that. And that will lead us into our, the mind of Paul today. I noted that it's a deliberate choice. Living by faith is a choice you make deliberately to follow God. And not the many options of ways that are available. Have you decided that I want to work with God this year? It's a deliberate personal choice. Living by faith is a choice. Remember we started away. God said it at the beginning. He said it's the distinguishing factor. So some people will choose to live in the culture of the fact that you know where I'm coming from? In my family. You know the university I graduated from it was a young university and so the first convocation I was there. And then the only person, I know it's not like now, those days, it's not so long ago, sir. Not so many people had first class. Not like what we're having now. So the only person that had first class in the university, you know what people say? His elder brother, Uni Learning, had first class. His own, this is their firstborn, had first class. So some people, they bring in the fact that first class runs in our family. No, 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 no. But then this year, to walk by faith is a deliberate choice. So some people glory in the fact that, you know where I'm coming from? Do you know my salary that you are talking of Nigerian economy? Tinubu like makes you should do whatever he wants to do. No, 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 no. You choose deliberately to say, as this money is coming, I'm not looking at it. I am following God. God, how will you carry me? To live by faith, I noted there, is a personal choice. To choose to follow God. To choose to obey Him. For it is in His way that is the way of righteousness. As you follow Him, he leads you on the path. Imagine that God is leading us. And then he now say, you know, you know, I'm the one leading you, but you know we're in Nigeria. We go say that. No, 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 no. You know, one of the things that came out was very strongly yesterday in the Bible study. Don't pity God. If God is leading you, follow him. It may not look real, it may not look you may not be able to comprehend how it will work. Follow him. That's living by faith. Follow him. Don't pity God. Now there is a reason. All of these things I'm saying, we will see it in for me to live is Christ. So I noted there that it implies also that the just lives because he is a faith. I also saw that living by faith is the definition of the scope of what you can do is defined by this faith. So if this thing is outside the faith, you know, before they bring it to you, you already made up your mind. Somebody was speaking to us sometime at Tinsuka. He said, one thing that distinguished Daniel was that he made up his mind before the offer came. For some of us, it is when the offer comes, we now say, what did the Bible say about this thing? So living by faith is, you have defined a boundary for your life. It is based on this faith. Now until you get to that point, you may not appreciate the mind of Paul there. Now, so that is why I noted here that that is why our topic did not say the just for as many as we believe. He said, as for me. 
Something has happened to him. Did you see that there? Something had happened to Paul that he had come to a realization that this is life it has a scope. It has a definition. He has a limit. There are things he cannot. And you know, I remember those days. Where we were. Well, I grew up in FCS in the north, which is like scripture in here. And they taught us that others may, you cannot. That was how we grew up. Others may be able to go that far, but I cannot. That is living by faith. Having a faith that defines how far you can go. And that is what is living by faith. And that was what Paul had arrived at for him to say, as for me, to me. Now remember I told us that in the first definition of living by faith is a personal choice. Paul had gotten to the point of making that decision. And he made that choice. I said, as for me, I have gotten to that point. He has, and so you see there that Paul is saying that they just by, shall live by faith. I have come to a level where I am no longer quoting it. It is not my own. I don't know that you understand what we are saying. Paul was at that point where our topic came. At a point of saying that, as for me, I have reached that place now. I, I, I have a definition for my living. Oh, some people may preach Christ. And that's what our text was saying today. Out of jealousy. You know, they preach Christ because they want to gain something. They want to be promoted. They want to become something or the other. Of course, what matters is Christ is preached. But for me, there is something that defines me. I live by faith. I live by faith. To me, to live is Christ. Let's look at our text quickly. Our time is fast spent, but let's look at it and see what Paul was saying there in Philippians. I say that's for me. So our topic today, Philippians chapter 1 and verse, let's take verse 20, 21 and 22. According to my earnest expectation and my hope. So you see there, Paul is not generalizing. He's not talking, I'm not telling you, you know, quoting scripture. He's not quoting scripture here. He, he's, talk, he's talking about himself. So even though people are preaching Christ, even though people are doing, spending millions in the name of crusade, there is something that is driving my life. I live by faith. So he said there that his earnest expectation and hope is that nothing shall be ashamed, but that I, not that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. Whether it, is, it be by life or by death. Now look at what he went further to say, which is where our text came from, verse 21. For to me to live. So you see, he's not saying for all of you. For me to live, something has happened to him. You know, it looks to me as if, otherwise Paul was still saying, I am believing God. I am believing God for this. You know that's why the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, he has come to a point where he's saying, I have so much quoted what the Bible says and the Bible has become something for me to live on. And this is what I say about myself. And what I'm saying is not contradicting the Bible. That's what Paul was saying there. What I'm saying is not in any way in contradiction to the fact that the just shall live by faith. I have quoted it and quoted it, but now it's time to tell you that I have come to the realization that I, it is now my living star. It's the definition of my life. So there he said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, even though we are not going to be emphasizing on to die is gain, he has come to a realization that this part of life that I have control over, it is now defined. 
I live it by faith. Now look at verse 21. Sorry, 22. He says, but if I live in the flesh, this fruit of my, sorry, this is the fruit of my labor, yet that I shall choose, sorry, but if I live in, in the flesh, that is the fruit of my labor, yet what shall I choose? I will not. Now what I want us to quickly establish here is that what was behind the mind of Paul, I see largely, is the understanding that having been made just in the sight of God, by faith, we will not start in the spirit and we will not become like the foolish Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You began in the spirit. You began by faith. And you think at this point it's a teeny tanana time. Mm-mm. The faith still works. So I noted one thing about Paul. There. It is the fact that Paul had come to a point where he saw and understood what it takes for the just to live by faith. And then what is it that he came to see? In that Romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 17 that we read earlier on, we saw Paul showing that what he has come into that the word of God that has built a, a boundary for his life is what defines his faith from start to finish. And what does that mean? And that was what I saw Paul talking about to mean that as to me to live is Christ. But again, to get, get another scripture, remember we had quoted that Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, it is on Christ, this same Christ for him to live on, it is on him that his faith depends on what? From start to finish. But let's look at Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. And you hear this same Paul talking there and you will understand what he's saying better. What is Galatians 2.20 saying? Galatians 2.20. Somebody there please kindly read for us. But then Paul again is saying that this is the just shall live. I have come to a point of realization that now I've been crucified with Christ. Yes. And I no longer live. Now you see the man that is living. Imagine he said he didn't even know the choice to make, but now he's saying he actually is no longer living. Yes. But Christ lives in me. Okay. It is Christ that is now in charge. Yes. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in Brother, the look at that again. Can you hear Paul saying it again? What did Paul say? Now, this is the same Paul that out of the four times we saw the Joshua live by faith, he's saying that three out of it was said by Paul. But this same Paul is now saying, the life I now live, I am not quoting scripture again. But at this morning, one of my prayers is that we will not just live here with another quotation, but we will live with a resolution, a persuasion that is reflected in a life. And you know that is the living by faith. For Paul that had quoted four times this our topic, in the Bible, out of the four, three were from Paul. That is 75%. If you do statistics, 75% of when the Bible talked of the Joshua live by faith, it came from Paul. The same man now says, The life I now live, it is about living. It is not about preaching. It is not about singing. It is not even about being an usher or being a choir member. It is about the way you live. He said, The life he now lives, how does he live it? By faith. He lives it by faith. Can you see our team again coming? He lives it by, by faith. But then we will quickly tie up for want of time. My sister, you can sit. I noticed something there that when you understand. Now if you look at our text. 
I would have wanted to think that Paul was saying this so that it becomes a prescription. So when you live here, you know, there are songs on no longer I that live. There are songs also about for me to live is Christ. So it will not just become a song. You will notice that in our text, maybe we look at it before we close. But you see that Paul didn't say it so that it will become a song that will be singing. Now let's look at verse 28, I think, of our text. I think verse 20. We read it this morning. No, verse 27. And he talked about what he wants. Somebody reads verse 27 of Philippians 1 for us. And then we will begin to tie up as we begin to pray. Is somebody in Philippians 1, 27? Look at what Paul. It was in that same place. So in the same breath, Paul was saying, for me to leave is Christ. So I expected that you would have said, brethren, make, it this, make this your target too. But look at what he said they should do. Philippians 1, 27. Not 21, now we are moved to that's just like six verses after. See what he was saying, yes? Above all. Brilliant. All of these things I'm telling you, above all. You must live as citizens of heaven. Oh my God. Yes. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. You, are you seeing him saying, you must live by faith? Remember, conducting yourself within the circumference of this gospel. Remember that is what we define as living by faith. I hope we remember that. So Paul is saying, when I say to you, for me to live is Christ, it is to the end, in conclusion, that you will live by faith. That's all. Thank you, my brother. That was all he was trying to say there. For me to live is Christ. So why did he say that as we round up? Why did he say that? The Lord made me to understand something. Why he said that was because this. When God brought about the option of salvation through Christ by faith, God had an intention. Remember I started by saying, may heaven achieve the purpose of heaven for this time. Now what was God's intention? God wanted to reveal himself in man. Because originally, God created, his, created man in his own image. So God's intention was to reveal himself again through man. And so you know how God does it? God does it in a way that when this man was young, he believed God and by faith went to propose to this woman. Now follow me. And she accepted. Even though it may not have been clear what was ahead, because also she was also living within a circumference. Now follow my thoughts now. Within a circumference of the definition of the gospel, she followed him to become his wife. Now, you know what happened? What God intends is that step of faith should move you to another level of faith. Now, what it does, that first level of faith, God intends it that by the time two of them, or he alone, took a step of faith, and they walked in that faith. You know, the Bible says, the faith that does not walk is dead. Now, he walks in that faith to go propose, and maybe... Our brother then did not even have a... You know, the Bible said there was no communist in him as to desire him. But she also had faith. You know what happens? You see, she said it's true. There was still no communist in him as to desire him. But you know what happened? As they acted by faith, something happens. God is revealed. Are you seeing that? You know what? You may be looking at... I don't know whether you have a testimony to that. 
You took a step of faith and people are looking at you. They say, will it work? Will it work? And it now works because you obey God. You know what happened? God is revealed. And as God is revealed, Paul in verse 20 of our text says, in this my body, so that what Christ is magnified. Now that Christ is magnified is that we engage God by faith to prove to the world that this thing works. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, that if you see true brethren the, by the message of God that you present us so that you are able to prove. God is looking for men that will prove. I don't know whether you understand what you are saying. God is setting out a congregation of people that as we move in this year, whether they agree or not to increase salary, I will prove what God can do through the Nigerian economy. Hey! In this health situation, now God is saying something. If you believe him and you walked, now not a dead faith, you walked, you built a persuasion by the word of God and it defines the boundary, not necessarily the medicine you have studied, not the PhD, some people couldn't have, but some had. But not the volume of knowledge, but what the word of God defines for you and you prove it. You know what happens? God is magnified. God is made bigger. God is revealed. And as that is done, you know what happens? Another person picks a faith from it. And as he does it, what happens? God is revealed there. And God is going that way. And Paul is saying, this is what I have come to realize. That if I will live by the word of God and by faith, Christ will be magnified. Why Christ is not seen is because for several of us, we are living by quotations. For to me, to live is Christ. You don't even understand what Paul was saying there. But you know, that is what the Bible says. That is what the Bible said. The preacher said it today. That was our topic today. I believe it. No. So believe it. To live it. To show Christ. Paul quoted it. Now you are not doing a bad thing. Paul quoted this in three times. But now he's saying, I have come to a level. Can we move on to that level? Can we move on to a time that God is saying, when I say that I will reward you, it also takes faith. But then yesterday in our Bible reading training, one of the things that came out clear and it struck me is the fact that even to read the Bible, it takes faith. So to get the scope for your living too, you need faith. In the first place, you got righteous, you got to become a Christian by faith. So this day, Paul is saying, for me to live is Christ. He's saying that for me each day to live is to live by faith so that Christ is seen. So that if this person is so bad a person and Christ is saying, go preach to him, share the gospel with him, go by faith. As you do that, Christ is revealed. So that when you preach, even as you preach, you do it by faith. Paul is saying, for to me to live is Christ. For the life I now live, the way I live it, that Christ is magnified, is I live it by faith. This morning, can you make up your mind? Brother, I want to announce to you this morning, it works. This thing works. Faith works. Please tell it to your neighbor in case the person doesn't mean it works. Now actually, God is looking for men that will prove it. What is it that is coming to your heart as by the word of God? And you substantiate it. It's not a faith talk. It's not just, I declare it. I have come to see it as what defines the way I live. And brethren, I want to say, you are following God. Oh. Who is at stake in this matter? It's God. Oh. To live by faith is saying, hey, this sister I've gone to propose to, 
If she not grieve and God will not be me carry the shame. That was what our brother did. Though. Even though there was no comeliness in him. But you know God will not fail. You know about marriage, I, I have lent God on that. That if you sincerely you are following God, God will not allow you to err. Except if you went in there and you claim. You know, that was what Paul said. Some of you preach this gospel out of different motive. But me, you see my motive. Oh? <laughs> I walk by faith. I walk by the fact that I understand that this is the direction God is leading. I follow him. I've got my mind made up. Let us pray. I want to see my Jesus someday. I've got my mind made up, and I won't turn back. Cause I want to see my Jesus someday. Goodbye, Citation beyond a quotation. Can you talk to the Lord this morning? Can you talk to the Lord? I don't know what the Lord has done to your heart, but one of the prayers I kept praying as I prepared for this is, Lord, what you had in mind, achieve it. What you had in mind, achieve it. Not what you had in mind. We align ourselves with you. Come and achieve it. Come, Lord, and achieve it. Lord, let men make up their mind this morning beyond just putting Paul to get to a point. Where indeed they will live by faith. Lord, we ask that this morning you will do what only you can do. Beyond a song, can you say to the Lord, I've made up my mind. Living by faith is a choice. This morning, can you make a choice? God is looking for an army that he wants to prove himself. He wants to prove what he can do to them. Is it in your research? I have a witness to that. God can come in. Is it concerning that job? Just follow God. It works. This morning, can you speak to the Father? Make up your mind. It's a choice you have to make. This morning, can you quickly make that decision? Make that choice. Make that choice. Oh, I have begun in faith. Ah, you got married by faith. Now you are living by calculation. It is now three months, four years that I've been married. This one has not happened. That was not happened. Go by faith. It works. God is saying this year, that reward, it also takes faith to take delivery of it. This morning, can you speak to the Father? Tell him, God wants to do it. God is committed. God is in need. God is involved. God can do it. Can you speak to the Father this morning? By understanding this team, can you declare how you will run this year? But you know, to start with, 
our journey of salvation, coming to know Christ and accepting Him starts by faith. Have you believed in Christ? Are you saved? Are you washed? Are your garments spotless and clean, white as snow? It takes faith to also enter into that righteousness that God bestows. Can you come to Him again this morning by faith and say, Lord, I believe You. I believe that it was through the work of finished work of Calvary that I have salvation. Come into my heart. Is that your prayer this morning? Tell it to Him. Decide. It's a personal decision. Decide. Decide that, Lord, I want to follow You. And it begins with first surrendering your life to Jesus. Living by faith begins by first surrendering your life to Jesus. Are you here this morning? You want to give this life to Jesus so that He will lead the way. You want Him to take your hand and lead you. This is an opportunity you have to tell the Lord, Come into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. If that's your prayer, just lift up your right hand and we pray together. Just raise that hand and say, Lord, I thank you because you have a way that works for me. Come into my life. Thank you. The children are raising their hands. Is there anybody again that is joining them and saying, I have made up my mind to follow Jesus. Bye bye to the world. I want Jesus in my heart. It's an opportunity. Everybody, we pray for those who have raised their hands. But for the rest of us, make your commitment and I can assure you, God will not fail you. Begin to appreciate the Lord for what He will do. When someone knocks at your door in the morning and you tell the person, come in, you know that person doesn't wait. He comes in immediately. As you are about to tell Jesus who has been knocking, know that he is stepping in. So make this prayer with full assurance with me. Say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I have heard your voice. I do not want to live by myself. Lord Jesus, you died to set me free from sin. You paid the price for my forgiveness with your blood. I identify with that sacrifice. I rely on that sacrifice for God to forgive me. For God to receive me. I have no reliance on church. I do not depend on any good work I could do. I have no confidence in the family I come from. I completely rely on that blood Jesus shed for me. Lord Jesus. I hear your voice. Come into my heart now. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. For to me from today, to live is you, Christ, all the way. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for receiving me. I cut off every association every agreement made on my behalf or made by me with Satan and his ways I belong to you Lord Jesus receive me fully and I thank you
let me pray for you father for as much as your word has said all that the father gives me will come to me and none that comes to me will i cast out we pronounce each one of these received by you in the name of the lord jesus lord we release that witness within their spirits by the spirit of god that now they are the sons of god they are the children of god their sins are forgiven in the name of the lord jesus lord we ask that that realization will be heavy upon them and with confidence they will testify to others that today i have received christ today as far as i'm concerned living is christ the boundaries of my life is christ father lord let your power be upon them every plan of the enemy to snatch them back we cancel in the name of jesus every spirit to bring doubt to them we rebuke in the name of jesus we release upon them the craving for the word of god the bible in the name of jesus we release upon them the courage to testify of jesus no matter what happens and the strength to overcome temptations and walk with you father lord we give them over to you none that is committed to your hands can be snatched by the enemy to you be glory to you be honor to you be strength in jesus name we pray Oh,